there was a gentleman who was uh, actually part of our worship team. He was a person on the streets, homeless, and uh, he came to know the Lord and he was so touched and he came up and spoke to me. But one of the things he said to me hit me hard. One of the things he said, David, was uh, when four years I was on the streets and I was homeless and I was drunk. Thanks for taking care of me. I could have been dead then. This is Culture at a Crossroads with David Mann. All right, joining me on the show from Scott Mission in Toronto, the Chief Executive Officer, Peter Jurasami. Thanks for doing this. Hey, it's great to be here, David. It's, thank you for having me. Peter, I want to just begin by considering your roots a little bit. So you grew up in India. You're now here in the center of Canada's most vibrant and largest city. Doing the work that you're doing with Scott Mission, do you see any evidence from just how you grew up overseas and what you were exposed to as a kid that would have given you a conviction to do what you do today? Uh, yeah, David, I, I grew up in India and I, I, I really praise God that he made me be there for the first 30 odd years of my life in India. I saw a level of poverty. I saw a level of suffering. I was myself thrown into different arenas. I also saw the hand of the Lord. I, I, I experienced God in, in powerful ways in India. And uh, I, I think what God did in those 30 years of my time in India was very critical and very crucial. It's a long journey. I mean, I, I could spend half an hour on just my <laughs> encounters I had with God and uh, God convicting me, calling me, me committing myself to full-time ministry and not knowing what I'm giving myself to except uh, I knew I can trust the God who's calling me. And I also I experienced the goodness of the Lord in my own personal life. I saw many miracles in my own personal life and the people around that by the time I came to Canada, I, I had to learn a lot even after coming here. But I think those years of uh, having that close walk with God in, in a very intimate way and experiencing Him and, and giving my life over to Him has sustained me and really helped me to be where I am today. So amazing. So much to be thankful for. Peter, you talk about being exposed to uh, an immense level of poverty in India. And for now, over 80 years, Scott Mission is located in one of Toronto's most neediest places. Uh, what has enabled this to happen, do you think, from the, the, the baton that's been passed off to you dating back to when it opened its doors? I'm so glad God put me in Scott Mission. I've been here for nearly 33 years now uh, in Scott Mission. And uh, the beauty of what the Scott Mission is, it's a Christian ministry of mercy and love. Uh, two things, it's a strongly Christian ministry, and that means it depends on God. It trusts God in its daily, day-to-day -day operation. And God shows up. Uh, it's a faith mission, and uh, God comes through and uh, in a very, very tangible way. And it's also a Christian ministry of mercy and love. David, it's just uh, so powerful to see every day that we are able to connect with the most needy people in, in our city. If you think about the homeless, you think about the families who are in need, you think of the kids who are coming to camp uh, and the situations they're coming in. Each one of them have a story. And, and they're right there in, in front of us and, and we're able to give them even a cup of cold water and just say hello to them and, and walk with them. I think it's a privilege that God has given us that for the last uh, over 80 years we could continue this journey with the most needy people in our city i just 
I just feel it's a privilege, it's an honor. And I look back at every day when I leave my office and go back and I am so thrilled that at least that one person was helped and much more than one person is helped in a day. And, and each one of them, it's so important that we are there uh, to take care of them. And what a time to be taking care of these people. I mean, poverty, people in Canada know it's risen. COVID has, has made it harder for uh, the bottom sector of our country. And then food prices have just skyrocketed. So you're really at the, at the intersection of both of those two worlds. And how has that strained your mission at all as far as the means that you have to be able to meet these people? David, uh, COVID exposed poverty to a new level, to a level I've not seen before. When everybody was told to stay at home and not come out of the home, if you're homeless, what do you do? And also when the libraries were closed, Tim Hortons were closed, and you didn't have a washroom to go to, what do you do? And the same amount of fear and, and the stress level, what all of us went through in trying to keep a distance and wear a mask, and if you're on the streets, it escalates to another level. Then if you're, I'm talking with the men and women on the street, but then if you talk of the families, when they didn't have anything, when they didn't have any food at home and they were struggling. And that's another level of stress that they had to go through. I actually thought many of the families will not come to us for groceries during the COVID time. But a lot of them came and, and the more we talked to them, we found out that the level of poverty and the level of need was so huge that they didn't have any food and they had to risk taking the TTC and, uh, you know, and come when everybody was told to stay at home. That was COVID, David. And then now has come the aspect of inflation and possible recession. When food prices have gone up, gas prices have gone up, rent prices have gone up. Uh, and, and you and I, when we go and buy some food and come back, we know there's a huge jump in that bill that what we could have paid a, a year or year and a half ago to what it is today. If it's gone up by 10% for a person who's just on fixed income or low income, that's a big hit. They got to give up something. Not just food, but you look at gas price, you look at rental, price has gone up. So when they really look at it, it's, it's coming to a place, they got to make some choices now. Uh, what do I do? Do I pay the rent? Do I pay the utilities? And uh, can I buy some food? Uh, will my kids, will my kids have something to eat? Should the kids have and should I not have food today? These are questions that people are asking. And, and that's the world that we are living in. And I'm so glad that the Scott Mission is there. Uh, right through the COVID period, David, we could have shut the door, but we didn't. And, and by God's grace, the staff came in and, and took the risk and said, no, we're gonna have this door open. Uh, whether somebody's coming for groceries, we had a shelter that we ran, uh, the homeless uh, shelter that we ran, and we continued running that shelter. And, and continued giving hot meals for the people who, who needed hot meals. So I, I am so blessed to work in a place that is so relevant to the needs in the city today. I mean, you talk about the needs of the people that you serve. What about the needs of your shelter? Food prices are higher, uh, space is more expensive. What kind of strain is this put on the resources that you guys have? 
Yeah, I think it's it's hitting all of us. It's hitting all of us. It's a time when uh, economy is hitting and uh, the healthcare and everything you you name it is hitting us as normal citizens. It's coming. It's hitting us. But my prayer is uh, people will dig deeper and give more in this season. If it's hitting us, who could be sort of in a comfortable place compared to someone who's a single mom who's in fixed income and, and, and this increase in prices hitting that person so badly, I think each one of us can give more. I feel, and I'm, I'm talking about this not money alone, but step up and volunteer more. Look at the faces of the poor and say, uh, you know, how are you doing today? Uh, how can I help you? Uh, standing with the people who are so much in need. And, uh, you know, I think it's a great opportunity. It's a great God-given opportunity that all of us can step up and do a little bit more than what we've done before. I think we can give up maybe a pizza once a month and let's give that money. In simple ways, let's sacrifice something and start giving. And, and someone who can give more than, you know, uh, I'm okay. I, I, I would urge that person to give much more. Uh, not just to Scott Mission, but any, any of these organizations that's taking care of the poor. Uh, I pray that each one of us will step up. Yeah, by God's grace, we are continuing. Our, the needs has increased tremendously, David. I, I look at the number of people coming to the food bank. That's gone up pre-pandemic. I think it's gone up by 30%. And the number of people coming in for hot meals has gone up by 49% in hot meals. Uh, the numbers are jumping tremendously. And the types of people coming in has changed. Uh, we have uh, 38% of the people coming to food bank who've never come to food bank. That's a level of a price increase and, and the economy is hitting people. But as these numbers increase in, in staggering ways and, and the types of needs increase, we don't have a choice but to take care of the people. And we will. You know, as you said from the outset, you guys really are at the intersection of mercy and love. Uh, but we both know that, in especially in a city like Toronto, as, as multi-faith as it is, uh, you have to be nuanced and you have to be uh, sensitive to where people are coming from, but you are a Christian mission. How do you manage to express your faith and, and really share who Jesus is, not just with deed, but also in word? Uh, David, thank you for asking that. I, you know, uh, the founder, our founder, Morris Eidman, uh, he came from a Jewish background and he came to know the Lord while learning English through reading the Bible. Uh, so our founder was very, if I can use the word strongly, evangelical. And, and the mission has continued to be a place where we know uh, transformation happens when a person has an encounter with Jesus. I think portraying Jesus can be happening in many ways. By your good works, let them glorify your Father in heaven. So there is a place of, uh, I think, us just taking care of the people. And, and people ask question, why are you doing? What's, what's this all about? So there is a place for, um, uh, let our works speak more than our words. And I'm not saying we shouldn't speak uh, with our words. I, I believe we do. We do have various, uh, we give various opportunities for people to come. We have, we have Bible studies in different language groups. We have retreats. Uh, we have uh, Bible verses all around. We offer Bibles and, and we do have conversations with people from various faiths, various backgrounds. What I've seen, David, and a little bit of what I've seen about uh, speaking and, and sharing the faith, 
I think everyone is interested in knowing who this God is. And, and no one is saying, uh, if I say, can I pray, pray for you? Nobody's going to say, don't pray for me. There's an openness. There's an openness. And even if you come from another religion, and I come from India, where I come across people from different faiths and different types of Hinduism and Sikhism, Jainism and Muslims and other, other religions. But the beauty is people are open and people are real. And if you can be very real and, and share who your God is and why you do what you do and what he's done in your own personal life, people are open to hear. Salvation is the work of the Holy Spirit. I think we need to leave that to God. Uh, our job is to be open and, and share and, and portray who our God is. Peter, on the one hand, as you say, there's uh, very glaringly problems. People are strained. People are stretched thin. And uh, it's amazing that a service like Scott Mission exists. But on the other hand, there are people who, to them, some of our social aid services and food banks and shelters can kind of serve as a bit of a, a Band-Aid to them. They don't really fully get the traction that they need and and maybe naysayers might look at it and say like they're just they're kind of abusing your services like they're not really going forward as they could how do you navigate that dichotomy remain a people uh, someone who's empathetic uh but yeah just try to thread that needle there was a gentleman who was uh, actually part of our worship team he was a person on the streets homeless and uh he came to know the Lord and he was so touched and he came up and spoke to me. But one of the things he said to me hit me hard. One of the things he said, David, was uh, when four years I was on the streets and I was homeless and I was drunk. Thanks for taking care of me. I could have been dead there. Wow. Every act of love and mercy is important. Every act. God knows, uh, you know, the, the pain, the agony and why rape a person is. And what is success in that place where when the person got transformed or when you kept him alive uh, through that journey that he was struggling in? So I, I'm careful not to say this is what success looks like or this is what the journey looks like. Having said that, there are people who are wanting to be transformed. There are people who are ready to be transformed. And if I don't give them the tools and, and the things that they need to walk out and be the person that God wants them to be, I have failed. So that's where Scott Mission is really stepping out into transformation ministry of, uh, into life skills and, and, and counseling and uh, you know, case management, spiritual formation, things that's so needed in the journey of transformation. And each one is in different places in the journey, but I think it's important we offer those different things that can get them out both spiritually, physically, emotionally, different aspects that needs to work together and give them a chance to come up. Some organizations do one thing, other organizations do another thing. It's different parts of the body. Let them do what they need to do. Let them do what they're called to do. And neither are we complete. I'm, I'm praying we can do more. I mean, uh, we're stepping into housing. We haven't gone into housing as yet. And housing is such a key element in transformation. Without housing, a person is in crisis if they're still on the street. So I'm not sure whether I'm answering your question fully, but I, I just appreciate every single thing every person does. And I do believe what you're saying is true. When a person is ready for transformation, I wish we can give, give them everything that they need for their lives to be transformed. 
I want to lean in a little bit more on what you said, Peter, about our measurements of success. And perhaps these are what can in some ways bring about a skeptical spirit when it shouldn't be one. I think of what the psalmist says that the Lord broadens our understanding. Tell, tell me a bit more about how how you've learned to grow in empathy, to enter into where each person is coming from, each story, as you say, that they have behind their life. Yeah, I, I think in, in different ways, uh, David, I, success is, uh, I, I mean, in a normal way, success is here's a person who is like this and here's a person who is completely transformed and here they are. And I think the starting point is to see where they are in the journey. How can I help them? Some of them are in the last leg of their lives and success is giving them a good funeral. And the last leg of their lives. Uh, I remember a gentleman who came to a retreat in Collingwood and the week after he came from Collingwood, he was staying in our shelter and he died. And I was so grateful for what we did in the last few days of his life. Of He came to Bible studies, he had some good meals, he sat in the mountaintop in, in Collingwood, enjoyed the sceneries, and he came back and he died. He didn't fit into the mold of years. He's got a job and came out of certain struggles that he had. But uh, I believe we did what we needed to do. Having said that, there are people that we see who are, uh, have come out completely. And for me to keep my sanity, if I use the word, and it can be draining. It can be, I'm not seeing any success in this particular ministry. It can become draining, but I, I think if I have my eyes on Jesus and I'm doing what God, God's called me to do today, and I leave the, you know, salvation belongs to God, the transformation belongs to God. I need to give all the things that a person needs and ultimately changing the heart of a person is the work of the Holy Spirit. And I need to leave it there. And uh, I also remember when God says, you know, when you give a cup of cold water in my name, it's something wonderful that we've done. Uh, it might be very small, but, uh, you know, and we give much more than a cup of cold water. And, 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 and God takes it so intimate and personal when he says, you've done, what have you done to the least? You've done it unto me. And it's such a beautiful way of God saying, I love what you're doing. And you've actually done it to me. He's making it very personal. And that in itself is a huge success if I can just give out that bag lunch. And, and in his name to a person who's hungry today. I've done what I needed to do for that particular day. Helpful perspective. Peter, you mentioned being with different folks in Collingwood. Could you share about the Scott Mission Camp? Uh, it's maybe not as well known as, as the shelter is in Toronto. What goes on here? Uh, we do have a beautiful property in Collingwood and Caledon, uh, very close to Barry, where you're from. And hopefully you can come and visit us sometime. It's over a hundred acre property uh, up in the Blue Mountains. God gave it to us through a donor and they just donated it to us years ago. It's a, a, not a big property. It's a huge property, but uh, what's built is for a smaller group of people. We can get a maximum of 20 odd people. And we've taken small groups uh, of homeless men. We've taken different Bible study groups. We've taken some people who are elderly to Collingwood. I was part of some of the programs that we had with the homeless men. The first few days, just the silence <laughs> staying up in the mountaintop is just powerful for them. For them to have a good night's sleep the first few days. Eat and sleep is so powerful. And the next few days, they start opening up and talking uh, as we sit there in, in the Collingwood uh, 
main living room and we chat it they just open up powerful things take place lives are transformed and i've seen many lives transformed in collingwood same thing in caledon too with where we take kids for camp and uh, we do a 6 day camp we go through the summer we we go through about 650 kids uh, coming in and uh, i would say most of the lives of these kids are transformed completely it's a beautiful property we have a you know a swimming pool a small pond and all sorts of activities and good food and a beautiful place and also we have staff who are so committed to god and and that's the trigger point and that's the key point the pivotal point in the lives of these kids their lives are completely transformed i have stories after stories of different people uh who say i went to camp and and this is what happened to me and today i am where i am because of what happened in camp so these two properties both calling out and caledon is powerful not forgetting the the properties we have in downtown and 502 and right now in 346 where we run the 346 pilana we run the shelter and and we just bought another building in the west end uh which we call the uh you know uh, five mclaughlin and going to call it the hub and spoke model which becomes a place for distribution of goods and food and touching many lives and many communities uh who are in need yeah collingwood is a beautiful place david peter i just wonder as we've also gone through covid over the last little while and statistics indicate something like one in every two people by the age of 40 will have some sort of mental health diagnosis and this is probably even more prevalent for those that walk through the doors of Scott Mission how has mental health affected the work of what you guys do i think you're touching on a topic which is so so much part of what we keep talking about at the mission if you look at the homeless population majority of them are where they are because of mental health issues and covid has made it go to another level altogether uh, so whether with the kids we're working with the families we're working with uh mental health is such a huge aspect and uh, that's where we found the need and we started a counseling program and and we actually hired a, another addiction and recovery specialist counselor in january this is so needed this is so needed i we have all types all levels of people going through mental illness uh if you look at the population who are homeless and those who are in the streets as i said uh, a huge majority of them are uh, have mental health issues and there's one of the persons who came through our program and he was homeless and the key issue was mental illness you look at families coming from different countries whether it's ukraine or uh, afghanistan or any other places i think the they're coming through trauma our staff are trained in trauma informed care so mental illness is something very very prevalent in the community that we serve and it's such a huge need so thank you for touching on that and uh, my prayer is god will give us more resources uh, both financially and with people and with partnerships uh, that we can do better and better and there's just such a need uh, in this area wow well it's been uh, wide ranging in unpacking what scott mission does and the broader problems at hand in in Canada and beyond really appreciate you taking this time Peter Durasami CEO of Scott Mission you can find out more about their ministry by heading to scottmission.com appreciate your time today thank you david thank you for having me 
next time on Culture at a Crossroads. This weekend marks three years since the coronavirus turned the world upside down. David Fisman is one of our country's leading and most respected epidemiologists. He'll join the show to talk about the impact COVID has had, not just for today, but going forward. I think in 20 or 30 years, people look back on the bad old days and say, oh yeah, they used to have these terrible infectious diseases that would cause problems because people didn't know how important it was to keep viruses and bacteria out of indoor air, but now we know. Thanks for listening today. A reminder that you can access any of our episodes when you head to the Culture at a Crossroads podcast. We do invite you back next week as we once again explore the intersection of faith and culture in Canada, helping to better equip you in following Jesus. 